Mayu Risso here at George Mason University. I'm here today with Sanyan Beck, and uh, she is a PhD student uh, in her final year at UNC Greensboro in North Carolina, and I had the privilege of meeting her at the ARA Annual Conference in San Diego this past spring. And we are here today to continue what we've started with other podcasts about different countries' physical education curriculum and their curriculum in general. Uh, we talked about New Zealand, Australia, Mexico, Ireland, Canada, and today we are here to talk about the South Korean physical education system. So without further delay, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, before we start, I just want to introduce my background a little bit just to give a better idea of where my view is coming from. Um, as you introduced, I'm Sunyan Beck. I'm a fourth-year PhD candidate at University of North Carolina at Greensboro. I'm working with Dr. Ben Dyson, especially on social-emotional learning in elementary and high school physical education. I originally born and raised in South Korea, and I worked as an elementary school teacher for about four years back there. Um, I was a classroom teacher for most of my teaching career back in South Korea, and I taught different subjects, including physical education. And this is my fourth year in North Carolina, so if I get a chance to talk about similarities or differences in education system between South Korea and the States, my view of American physical education is pretty much based on my experiences in North Carolina. Yeah, and as we know, in the States, it could be very different from one state to the next. So thank you. Thank you for that clarification. And, and I'm just wondering if we can start off with just the major characteristics of the Korean school physical education system and, you know, does it have a national curriculum? Uh, can you basically like give us an overview of the goals and major areas? For sure, for sure. Um, so we do have a, a national curriculum back in South Korea. We have different versions of the national curriculum developed along the history. But for now, I'd like to talk about 2015 national curriculum, which are still effective at this point. Um, there is new national curriculum coming in October this year, but it's not there yet. And most of my experiences in Korean education systems are based on 2015 national curriculum. So in terms of the national PE curriculum, it aims to promote whole child development. More specifically, it says physical activity itself is essential in PE, but also it works as an avenue for education in PE. Like personally, I found it very important because from my point of view, it clearly indicates that PE is not only about learning physical domain, but also it is learning different domains like social and effective domain through physical activity. Um, and so Korean PE curriculum has five major areas, which are health, challenge, competition, expressions, and safety. One of the things that I found can be very interesting was it has health in PE because as far as I understand, U.S. has separate health standards and PE standards instead of having health within PE. Uh, when I was comparing the U.S. national health standards and health area in the Korean PE curriculum, I could see a lot of similarity though. For example, they were both focused on like learning different health-related concepts, um, promoting healthy behaviors and decision-making skills. Um, in the second area, which is named challenge, students learn how to challenge themselves and others through perseverance and constant self-reflection. 
Um, for example, in elementary PE, we do something like a long jump, a high jump, a sprint, long distance running. PE teachers teach skills like what is the correct form to gain more speed at the very beginning. But also we teach goal setting, bouncing back, sometimes like pushing themselves a little bit more in those types of physical activity. Um, in the competition, we teach lots of competitive team sports, for instance, soccer, basketball, but especially in elementary school settings, we do a number of modified versions of those team sports. Um, in expression, students learn different movements, something like international dance movement. Um, I remember that a number of PE teachers introduced tinikling, which is a traditional dance in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And it is for like building teamwork, uh, promoting awareness of cultural diversity, and developing creativity through making creative dance movement. And the last area, safety, for me, it has a lot of similarity with health, but this area is more focused on how to prevent self ha uh, health hazard and deal with uh, safety hazard, um, especially in terms of like physical activity, like how to give signals when you're riding a bike and how to do basic first aid in case of sprains, something like that. It's really interesting that competition is like a actual key component of it. And I know that there's a lot of other people who have, um, you know, suggested away from and um, this next September, we have a peak collaborative that um, we're going to be talking about um, how to like reimagine the American peak curriculum. And one of the calls for things like adventure based learning or um, adventure education um, is to take away some of that direct competition. And it's interesting that it is like one of the five key components is competition. Do you feel like that's something that is really like well taken in? Like do people just embrace that part in the Korean schools or is, is there any voices that kind of talk back to it? Um, from my point of view, I think at some point competition is needed because anyway, kids will face competition even outside of school. Mm -hmm. And what I want to teach through uh, competition in the PE curriculum is how they can deal with those competition. Because competitions can be a good thing, can be a good thing. Like if they show a good sportsmanship, yeah. if they look after others, if they do a, if they um, really focus on cooperation and teamwork, competition can be a good learning opportunity um, in physical education. So I think a lot of teachers, a lot of PE teachers in South Korea um, view competition as potential positive learning opportunities, which can promote um, some kind of good social emotional qualities. Yeah. And, and you talked a little bit about how health and PE are combined. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's a trend in a lot of inter other international countries like Australia has health and PE combined. And I think, you know, certain certain states here like uh, Virginia, we provide health and PE as a uh, joint license. So you get a credential or a license to teach in both when you do your student teaching. But our time that we spend in health education is much, much lower. Like. The amount of classes are very lopsided towards PE and then your field experience your student teaching is very lopsided into actually teaching PE and not health 
although we are giving licenses to teach in both. So it's interesting to see that. Um, let me ask you this. What does the curriculum look like in real time, like a school setting? Like what is, how does it run? Um, so in terms of the time, there are specific time requirements for PE in elementary, middle, and high school. Um, for example, elementary school, four, minute, four minutes of teaching is required per class. And um, 204 times of PE class in minimum should be completed during two academic years, for, especially for third and, third and fourth graders. Mm -hmm. And for you know, fifth and sixth grader, we do have like, different time requirements. It is, and it is based on the national curriculum. And in terms of teachers um, in elementary school, either a PE teacher or a classroom teacher can teach PE class. Um, in elementary teacher education, I think I will have a chance to talk about it more in detail later on, but just for a brief, skate, uh, brief sketch, um, elementary school teachers are trained to teach all subjects, including physical education in South Korea. So we don't have a separate curriculum for training elementary physical education teacher. Hmm. Um, however, we do have PE concentration in elementary teacher education program, but that does not mean that they are trained as elementary PE specialists. So all teachers in the program are certified as generalists. However, we, they actually, when they actually go out to the field, they often get a chance to work as a PE teacher, but it really depends on individual schools. Um, depending on the school size, um, teacher number, or many other conditions, the individual school decides how many specialists and classroom teachers they will have throughout the year. And oftentimes, they decide which teacher teaches which subject as a specialist. And it can be also decided based on what classroom teacher or the school needs at that point or um, sometimes the individual teacher's interest or professional background. So long story short, in elementary school back in South Korea, we have a pool of classroom teacher who can work as a PE teacher. Um, but in secondary, secondary school, um, like middle school, high school, they have PE teacher who are certified as secondary PE specialists. One of the major differences that I noticed in teacher certification between South Korea and and North Carolina is that PE teachers here in North Carolina are certified as K-12 PE specialists, mm -hmm. which means they can move across different levels of schools. And I met some teacher who has middle school teaching background and now teach PE in elementary school. But compared to that, in South Korea, PE teacher in elementary school or high school are not allowed to teach physical education in elementary school because they are certified as secondary PE mm -hmm. specialists specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar, like in, in California, um, generalist teachers can teach PE, but there are PE teachers who are teaching physical education also solely in elementary schools. And, but it's so, it's so different from play from university, to university, like at Cal State Fullerton, we had a one year post back program. So you got your undergraduate program, then you want to get your teaching credential in your fifth year. And you might spend the entire year in one setting. And you always did. It was, I'm in elementary school for the entire year, but then you get a K to 12 license. So you've never taught high school mm -hmm. ever in your life 
and you've never been inside a high school since you left high school, but then you could legally get hired at a high school even though you did all your training in elementary. So um, I, I find that really, really interesting. And you said 40 minutes of teaching per class and then the 204 yeah. times is split across two years. So it can be flexible in that right. sense. So you're teaching a couple couple of days a week of PE. So as far as I remember, when I was a fifth grade classroom teacher, at least I taught three times of PE in one week. Okay. So it, and I was able to be very flexible with it because I was a classroom teacher mm -hmm. and um, we have a lot of flexibility elements based on individual needs of students. So yes, but at least I would say at least three times a week. Okay. So are all the teachers teaching the same content across the country? Um, in terms of the content, even though we have the national PE curriculum, we have a lot of flexibility elements based on the individual schools. Um, for example, we do have PE textbooks back in South Korea, and based on the national curriculum, different publishers make different textbooks, which are reviewed by a number of school PE professionals like teacher educators and experienced teachers. And when I was an elementary school teacher, I remember that I had meetings with other classroom teachers in the same grade level to decide which textbook we would like to use in PE. Um, and because different textbooks introduce different types of activity, like creative, modified games, student learning can look different based mm -hmm. on individual context. And also another thing that I personally found interesting about elementary PE in South Korea is that it can be really creative or extensive, even outside of the gym. Um, because as a classroom teacher, I was able to try um, some new, new things, different things in continuity. Um, for example, if some conflicts happen in PE class, like someone brags about their winning and the other team getting upset, those were real teachable moments, not just in PE, but even outside of PE. So I was able to extend those moments to different activities in different subject settings. Like for example, um, because back in South Korea, students usually submit their journals with uh, as assignments to classroom teachers. Mm -hmm. So I remember that I once gave them some prompts that could that they could think about what happened in PE earlier today and how things can be better next time. Or like teacher can give some specific topics in their art class, like okay, what do you want to see next time in our PE class? Mm -hmm. What does cooperation look like in PE? Let's draw. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons that I put high emphasis on setting things up in continuity is because continuity and integrations are big and important concepts in Korean elementary curriculum. Um, especially for the first and second graders, just for information, we don't have kindergarten in Korean elementary curriculum. So those two grades are the younger ones. Mm -hmm. So um, we have theme-based textbooks covering PE, art, music, science, and social studies, etc. for those two grades. For example, when I was teaching first and second graders as a classroom teacher, I had theme books titled each of the four seasons, you know, like spring, summer, yeah. fall, winter. And each of the textbooks titled, um, each of the textbooks cover 
a wide range of activities coming from different subjects. For example, in the winter textbook, students learn about what winter looks like, what it feels like, you know, like the weather. And also, it has like different Korean traditional physical activity that our ancestors used to do in winter. And um, students also learn about some winter songs, something related to snowman. And they sometimes sing the song together when they're playing those traditional mm -hmm. physical games. Yeah. So what they're learning in one theme textbook, they're basically related to one another. Interesting. And I, I love that integration piece about being able to be flexible because I think one of the issues of doing really good integration in physical education is a standalone PE teacher has hundreds of students in one elementary school and they have to trace every single teacher to hope that they can partner with them. Whereas if you as mm -hmm. an elementary teacher are teaching PE, you have a better opportunity to actually implement those because you handle the content in art, in science, in math, and PE. So, um, right. so let me ask you, can you go back a little bit with, um, you started talking a little bit about how teachers are trained in the Korean teacher education system. Can you explain what Pete looks like in, in higher ed? Yeah, sure. Um, so in South Korea, all teachers need to be licensed, whether they work in a public school or not. So when teachers complete their teacher education program, they are nationally certified to teach students in school. Um, but there are some differences in teacher education system for elementary school teachers and secondary teachers. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, all elementary school teachers in South Korea are trained to teach all subjects, while secondary teacher education programs train PE teachers for middle school and high school. So to the elementary school teachers, there are 11 universities which offer four-year teacher education program at undergrad level, and most of them are national university. And if someone wants to be an elementary school teacher, there is no other way than going to one of those universities as an undergrad student. Um, as far as I know, the secondary PE education looks similar, but like they have, you know, four-year teacher education program programs at undergrad level, but one of the major differences is they have more universities that can provide PEAT. And I looked it up, um, about 30 universities provided PEAT at secondary level in South Korea in 2020. It can be wrong, mm -hmm. but still it is more number than elementary teacher education programs. And some of the graduate school provide teacher certification program. That means even though someone did not complete secondary PEAT in their undergrad program, they can go to specific graduate schools to be certified as secondary PE teacher. Mm -hmm. And also after completing their teacher preparation program and obtaining a teacher certificate, regardless of school levels, they need to pass one of the qualification examination to work as a public school teacher. Like for example, if they pass examination held by, you know, Seoul Metropolitan Office of Education, they will be assigned to one of the schools located in Seoul. Mm -hmm. If they want to work in Busan, they need to pass the examination held by Busan Metropolitan Office of Education. But it really does not matter in which area someone is certified as a teacher. Like let's say, even though someone was certified as an elementary school teacher back in, you know, South Korea in Busan, 
they can still apply for the qualification examination to work in Seoul. Yeah. So once you have graduated and you have a license to teach, you still have to take another test in order to be able to teach in that specific school district. Right, right. So um, I can share my experience of taking those examinations. Yeah. So like for me, like there were two rounds. In the first round, I took written tests. So one of them was writing about pedagogy. So I was given a couple of questions about specific situations in real-time school settings, like how to deal with behavior incidents, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I submitted my response based on, you know, different pedagogical concepts that I learned in my teacher education program. And the second part of the written task was about answering the questions about different subjects in the national curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, it covers about like, you know, different contents, but those questions ask about like specific part of the national curriculum. So I have to memorize like all the national curriculum across different subjects. Um, and once I passed the first round, then I was able to move on to the second, second round. So in the second round, um, I did interview, teaching demonstrations and creating lesson plans and I think in case of the second, um, in case of the exam for secondary PE teachers, one of the major differences is that um, they need to cover a wide range of concentration areas in kinesiology in their written tests, like sport pedagogy, sport sociology, physics, and psychology. But in elementary teacher education qualification exam, we don't really cover that. We are more focused on, you know, covering different curriculums across different subjects. And so the questions on those tests, like the national uh, national curriculum questions, are they describe what a volcanic eruption is, or the tectonic plates, or how fast can a cheetah run, or something like? Are they specific like that, or are they about like these are the objectives in these and these parts in the physical education science curriculum? Explain what this means. Like what what type of was it a knowledge quiz? Um, I think it is pretty half and half. Wow. So half of the questions were like focused on, you know, answering the details mm -hmm. of specific sports or specific physical activity. But the other half were really based on, you know, how to better teach physical education based on the national curriculum. What is mm -hmm. the main goal? What is the major areas? What each major areas cover, you know, and what are the major guidelines that teachers should follow when they are teaching um, physical education based based on the national curriculum? So I would say it is pretty half and half. Wow. And then, so how many people are in this room together taking this taking the test? Is it like a couple hundreds, uh, tens? For written tests, I remember that it was about like thirty people in one classroom, mm -hmm. but there are you know, a lot of classroom, you know, in yeah. one school. So I think a lot of people and, you know, competition rate for a teacher qualification exam in South Korea, it is very high. It is very yeah. high. Yeah, that's what I remember in um, in Finland when I went to visit there, because uh, there's one main university. There's other universities that do a very small proportion of teacher educators. But if you want to be a PE teacher in Finland, it's like they have 30 spots and there's 200 applicants or 300 applicants. And 
you have to do the teaching like before you even get into the program you have to lead a lesson and then you get accepted into the undergraduate program and so it's uh that that's really interesting and to clarify too like you do that you you have a written portion you have the test and then if you pass that then you go into teaching a sample that you show and that's only in seoul and if you also want to move to Busan or you want to apply in two different places, you do the same thing there, right? Right, right. So there are some kind of exchange teacher program, but mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the big issues related to this is we have so many teachers who want to work in big cities like Seoul, mm-hmm. Busan, but like rural areas, they don't have enough teachers. Mm-hmm. So I remember that always those big cities have more higher competition rates compared to the like smaller cities right. so there might be some teacher who wants to come to seoul or come to busan uh, because um there are you know urban areas but i think as far as i know rural areas they don't have enough teachers so what is the student teaching like with elementary and secondary teachers um so I think student teaching also looks different from for elementary school teacher and secondary teacher. So I got my bachelor degree and teacher license in Seoul National University of Education. So I did my student teaching in public elementary school in Seoul. And in case of Seoul National University of Education, the university asks students to do student teaching for nine weeks in total. Um, so it will be three weeks in sophomore, four weeks in junior, and two weeks in senior year. Um, and every time the university provided a list of you know elementary schools in Seoul where I can do my student teaching. And for most of the time, I was assigned to one of the classroom with three or four other student teachers. Um, Spending a whole day with classroom teacher, you know, who are who was basically my supervisor there, mm-hmm. and students, I learned different aspects of classroom management, pedagogical skills, or something like that. And every time, um, each of the student teachers was asked to teach three or four classes in their student teaching. So we had to discuss which subject and which lesson in that subject we want to teach with our classroom teacher and write down and submit our lesson plans in advance, revise it based on the feedback coming from classroom teacher and other student teachers, and debrief it in depth after my teaching. Um, In terms of secondary um, student teaching, because I did not have experience of student teaching at secondary level, I got connected to some of the Korean folks who have those experiences, and they said, things can be pretty different. Like, for example, if they're doing their teacher certification process in a university, which has middle school or high schools in partnership, they usually go to those schools for their student teaching. Mm -hmm. In this case, their experiences can be pretty similar to mine, except for the part that they are more focused on PE. Um, They do lots of classroom observations and teach PE class to students there, but if they don't have any partnership schools, sometimes they have to find schools for their student teaching on their own. Mm-hmm. So some te- student teachers go to local schools or the, or the schools they graduated from to ask if they can do student teaching there. Um, 
Yes, and usually PE teacher at secondary level, they do student teaching for about like two years focused on observation when they are in their sophomore year and four weeks in their senior year. So it will be about six weeks in total. Okay, but it's all spread out. There's no like capstone you're in classes for like in the U.S. is 16 weeks in one semester at the end that you're taking care of the entire class or the school schedule? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think, yeah, we, based on my experience, I was always with other student teacher mm -hmm. and it was no more than like three weeks. Okay. Like each time it was same or shorter than three weeks. Mm -hmm. So, and we do, do not have like our independent time that we can just connect with teachers as a classroom teacher. It was more uh, about, you know, demonstrating my teaching, getting feedback from classroom teacher and other student teachers. Yeah. So what's the professional development like? Like how, how are teachers able to, you know, develop their professional knowledge or skills throughout uh, once they graduate? Um, so there are different ways that teachers can develop their professional knowledge and skills in PE. Um, first of all, there are some required in-service teacher training provided by individual schools or district. Um, I remember that the school that I work in South Korea invited an experienced teacher to give us more activity ideas or pedagogical devices needed in elementary physical education class. And also at district level, there are some good in-service training, sometimes focused on like specific sports, like badminton or golf, but sometimes more focused on pedagogies, like using model space practice. Mm -hmm. um, and these in-service trainings are delivered online or to face-to-face uh, face -face format. Um, also, there are different professional learning communities for in-service teachers. Like teachers have regular meetings to build relationships, share some good activity ideas and materials for PE class, and also disseminate their resources to other teachers who are also interested in quality PE. And some teachers decide to go to graduate school to learn more about how to better teach PE. And is there a benefit of doing uh, a master's degree? Like, like in the U.S., a lot of states or a lot of school districts provide extra money if you have a master's degree. Uh, some places don't, but is there like a, a benefit for that financially or status-wise? Um, as far as I know, some teachers decide to pursue like higher degree because then it can be easier for their promotion. Mm -hmm. But I'm not really sure about the specific details about, you know, which degree they need. But I right. think, you know, for most of the teachers that I know, like regardless of their promotion, they were very willing to pursue a higher degree. Hmm. Because, you know, sometimes even though they were looking for good resources online or through a teacher learning community, they have burning urge to learn more hmm. for their mm -hmm. students. So as far as I know, a lot of teachers back in South Korea pursue higher degree. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I feel like, as always, there's so many similarities and so many differences that you see that, you know, align with 
certain states in the U.S. and then some things that don't. But I think you provided a really cool insight. I'm, I'm looking forward to one point. We have a campus outside of Seoul for George Mason. doesn't have education there. I think it's just a business school, but I'll have to figure out how to uh, maneuver that one. But um, really appreciate your time and uh, good luck on your last year of your Ph.D. Thank you very much for giving this great opportunity today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. All right. And so, so we got for you on this one. If you are listening to this and want to join in on a peak collaborative meeting sometime, you can uh, find me on Twitter or just um, message me at the HPE podcast. Thanks. If you're still listening, you're probably really into health and physical education. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pitch our master's program to you if you don't have your master's degree yet. Um, our 100% online master's degree program we offer at George Mason is affordable. You can do it while teaching, and it's high quality. Um, Mason was listed as one of the top 50 universities under 50 years old in the world. Our education department was ranked in the top 10 nationally for the online master's degree program in curriculum and instruction. The master's degree uh, revolves around your teaching. So you'll use assignments from the classes to immediately apply research and best practices to your classes. You'll be part of a tight-knit cohort of health and physical education professionals who are passionate about teaching. You're also going to get an opportunity to interact with students in other content areas. So if you're interested, you can email me, look me up on Twitter, or you can go on the hpewebsite.com under study with us and watch a video that I've made.